Hi, this is the Organisational Success Academy from the Oxford Review, bringing you the very latest research in leadership, management, organisational development, design, transformation and change, human resources and human capital, organisational learning, coaching and work psychology from around the world to make you the most up-to-date and knowledgeable person in the room. Today, I'm talking with Michelle Drake. Michelle's one of our members and has recently completed a study which will be of interest to many people looking at the connections between employee retention and job satisfaction. Now, whilst there's an awful lot of talk about the great resignation or the big quit as it's become known in many circles, and whilst the pandemic did lead to a sudden spike in unemployment for a portion of the labour force across many sectors and in many countries, especially with people who were on zero hours contracts, hospitality, for example, who were directly impacted by the pandemic and shutdowns and things like that. The actual statistics show that there's not been a statistically significant jump in people leaving their jobs over this period. Now, there has been a slight increase, but not something in terms of the numbers that is actually out of the norm. What has happened and what is significant is that the number of job openings have increased significantly over the last year or so, and employees are finding it hard to fill places, especially in skilled roles. So there is a shortfall in skilled employees, but it isn't down to resignations and the movement of staff as such, and I'll put the stats in the show notes so you can see where they're from. Now, that doesn't mean that some workplaces aren't suffering from higher than average turnover and that that turnover isn't hugely disruptive. Anyway, I'd like to just welcome Michelle. I just wondered whether you could just start off by giving us a little bit about your background and what led up to the study. Absolutely. I just completed my master's degree at Damon College near Buffalo, New York, and uh, I went to study of leadership and innovation was the program I went through, and I found it very fascinating. And actually, my background is in clinical laboratory science. I work in a hospital laboratory when I'm not studying. And that would be one of the areas that you're, you're mentioning about having a specific skill set. You know, it's very specific, the background that you need to work in this field. And we're experiencing, even before the pandemic, a shortage of skilled workers coming into the field. And it was something that concerned me because I could tell my coworkers were always in a bad mood because they were overworked because that was enough staff to handle all the work and being in a hospital year 24 seven. So it was a concern to me. I'm like, well, what, you know, I've still got, I'm only halfway through my career. What can I do to help this situation so that I don't have to leave the career myself from burnout symptoms? So, and what I've found was that, you know, the factors that influence employee engagement or job satisfaction those are, you know, things that maybe they are lacking and that managers aren't aware of in this industry. And maybe they don't know how to recruit people and keep them. So I, I find out a lot of very interesting things. Yes. Yeah. The, the study is really interesting. C can you just, just to kind of start us off, can you just explain what job satisfaction entails and why you focused on this as an indicator of retention? Sure. Well, I mean, a job satisfaction is going to be when employees are motivated and they're productive and 
they're loyal to their organization's success, right? They care about what happens. And so they contribute and they make the organization better just by being there and using their skill sets. So, I mean, I was interested in it because I was concerned about the shortage of workers and I was, how can employees, excuse me, employers recruit and retain skilled staff? Because it's very expensive to train people. And then if they come there and then they're not happy, then they're going to look for jobs elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. And, and so what, kinds of factors are involved in job satisfaction? Well, there's quite a few factors. I mean, you need to have clear expectations of what the job involves. There's like the enjoyment of work. There's a sense of meaning. It has to be worthwhile, aligned with the person's more. But like in healthcare, the biggest part of it is the quality of care is directly affected by how much a person is satisfied with their job. So a patient's outcome is going to be directly affected by how engaged a nurse is with their position. So it's very important. Yeah, I would kind of guess, given the kinds of people who come into healthcare to work, that that alignment of values with the organization, what the organization's doing, feeds back into the care that people are getting and the sense that people have of doing a good job. And this kind of a cyclical relationship going on? Yeah, we did find that in my studies too. So it's a direct correlation between your job satisfaction and the patient outcomes. It's been, many studies have shown that. And it's the more burnout somebody is going to experience, the more the patient outcomes are going to go down. Yeah, so there's also a, a direct correlation with things like stress in the workplace that's closely tied to job satisfaction and, the, and then the outcomes. What about the other side of this? Because, you know, we talk about job satisfaction, job dissatisfaction. What kinds of things within an organization leads to kind of higher levels of job dissatisfaction? It could be like a mismatch of talents. Maybe somebody's not in the best role for their skill set or maybe they're unrealistic expectations or what they've been trained for, or maybe they're, you know, if they're overwhelmed, they might have that feeling of failure and then they're taking that home with them and it's making a difference in their personal lives too. It's having an effect on their overall. Yes. Quite, quite a lot of this feels like kind of, certainly from a, a dissatisfaction point of view, feels like kind of job fit that I feel like trained for the job is the right job for me. They're using me in the right way and those kinds of things. When there's a mismatch in there, we get higher level of job dissatisfaction. And then I'm assuming higher levels of job turnover, people leaving at that point. Right. So, and are there other factors then that are involved in job retention that aren't directly to do with job studies? Well, obviously, I mean, a person needs to have the proper amount of pay and benefits involved because if they're worried about putting food on their table, then they're not paying attention to their job, right? They're worried about making enough, making ends meet. So you have to have, when you hire somebody, especially the high skill set, you have to make sure that you're offering them the ability to maintain their life outside of work, right? But other factors would be the relationship with their team that they're on, the recognition for contributions that they're making to the organization. And those are some of the things that come to mind. Okay. So that, that's interesting. So these are things that some of them are directly related to things like pay and valuing people.
people and reward, those kinds of things. But there are also less tangible ways of valuing people about the way that they feel, whether they feel part of a team that actually is doing something. And that, I suppose, a sense of community within that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we talked about organizational commitment that focuses on relationships with the employee, you know, and also with your patients, maybe if you're in healthcare or your customers, if it's another field or your community, just promoting that environment where people feel accepted, that sense of belonging, these types of organizations, they're going to be more resilient and they can adapt to changes more because people aren't afraid necessarily of, of making a change because if they make a small mistake, they're not considered a failure because they'll still be accepted with their community. If something doesn't want to try a new, a new way of doing something and you give them the right support to do them, they're going to have the chance to be more creative and come up with new ideas and more innovation. So the kind of job culture, I suppose, how the managers treat them, how they're valued for their work and what happens if things do go wrong are going to be quite strong kind of indicators on things like job satisfaction and this idea of organizational commitment, this sense that I'm aligned with the organization, I feel part of something and that it kind of aligns with my own values and, and interests. One of the, well, some of the findings, you kind of moved into kind of three themes that came across your study. They were collaboration, autonomy, and opportunity for professional growth. Can you just explain what these are and why they're involved in job satisfaction? Sure. Well, collaboration in the job, it's that level of trust, transparency between the workers and the employer. And it's the respect for knowledge and expertise and that everyone has a place. Everyone's role is important. And it's so instead of more of the traditional hierarchy, when they're recognizing that everybody has an important place and the their knowledge is equally important. And instead of having to go through 15 different layers, you know, because the people at the top might not even understand what's going on on the front lines. There's just having that level of recognition between them. So that's what I mean by collaboration. So recognizing that each employee is a whole person and that all together, you're going to be more successful than individually. That's what I mean by collaboration and how that would relate to uh, job satisfaction is when you have that level, you're less likely to want to go somewhere else. And as far as autonomy being another thing that I talk a lot about is it's your sense of purpose, your intrinsic motivation to do things, the, the love of doing it just to do it. You're not doing it just for the money. You're doing it because you enjoy doing it. And if you're enjoying it, you're going to make money. So, it, so you need to have that time available to do what you enjoy while you're at work. And then the opportunity for professional growth. One of the things I found there was that employees that were more, actually ended up being more engaged and productive. This is a study done by about industrial engineers, and they were more likely to stay with the company when they had mastered something new than when they got an increase in pay. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's just something that human beings need to grow. And if they enjoy what they're doing and they're growing in it and they feel comfortable with that, that level, then they're going to stay at that job. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what I'm getting from this is a real sense of kind of collegiality, a sense that somebody's in a calling, that this is something that, you know, I, I really want to do and that they're being valued 
valued for doing that. And that they're also, as you were saying, professional growth, this idea that there's a continual learning rather than you're in your box, you'll stay in the box and just do what you're told kind of thing, which kind of links back to the autonomy, I suppose. Right, right. But yeah, very much connected. And if you don't have enough challenge, like if you've been doing the same thing for a long time and you haven't had a chance to grow, then you're going to get bored and then you're going to start look for other things or you're going to start causing problems with your teammates or your needs to other disruptive behaviors. And then, or if you're too much challenged, you know, if it's too far the other way and you can't handle it, it's going to cause anxiety, which also leads to job dissatisfaction. So it's like a, a balance that needs to be achieved. Yes. Yeah, so, and kind of a balance so that it's not too much or too little. And as you say, there's a saying that I use, you know, bored people start pulling the legs off spiders. And once they've finished with <laughs> spiders, they start on people. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So what were your main findings? Okay. So the study that I did for my particular field, it was actually put out by the American Society of Clinical Pathology. They did this study in 2018. So it was before the pandemic started. They published it right around it was April of 2020. And what they did was they surveyed about 4,000 people with my job title. And what they found was they did all different age groups, years of experience, all different geography locations within the United States. And what they found was there's a correlation between job satisfaction and how valued an employee by their employer. There was no correlation depending on their years of experience or so, you know, if you might think, well, maybe it's a generational thing, you know, some people, you know, the, the older generation tell these young people, blah, blah, blah. And that's not necessarily, and there was no correlation between their job satisfaction levels and their age. It was tied with completely with how valued they felt by their employer. And also interestingly, there was how much control they had over their schedules. Like, so if, um, and, and healthcare workers tend to you know, we overnights, we work weekends, we work holidays. And if you don't have a control over that, it's hard to manage your personal life and still be there for your families. And that's definitely a difficulty. And that ties into autonomy, having your, you know, your own control over, you know, just your own life, that flexibility. So that is a concern that probably should be looked at by managers. There is also um, a strong indication that I think 86% of the respondents said that they had inadequate time to train new employees. 88% responded that there was inadequate time for continuing education provided. So that's very concerning for the professional growth part. Yeah, so it's almost like there's so much focus on the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. that there isn't enough time for that kind of, that as you say, the personal growth, the, the development part, and also being involved in the development of other people. And I know one or two studies that have shown that helping other employees get better at what they're doing can also help with this sense of job satisfaction. Yeah, because if you feel like you, you know, say a new employee comes in and they're not getting the proper training and then they leave, then you have that feeling of failure that, oh, I didn't do my, maybe I could have done more, even though you've done everything you can with what you've mm. been given to make the situation try to work. So, and obviously, I mean, some people are going to leave for geographical reasons. Their spouse moves to a different location or, you know, there's just other family situations that happen. And, and so, I mean, there's going to be turnover, but there are some things that maybe an employer can have some control. Yes, definitely. It's interesting that you're talking about this because so in a former life, I was a police officer and I do remember I was in a particular 
group and we had a new boss come in and he took over and basically he said, look, you work out your shift patterns and tell me what shift patterns you want. The only stipulation is we need 24 hour cover and we need extra cover in these times. You go off. If you can work out a good shift pattern for that, then we'll adopt it as long as everybody agrees. And the commitment to the job really kind of went up and people, they weren't moaning anymore which was a, quite a clever strategy because you had to work shifts, but we kind of felt like we had control over it. Right, right. You've chosen to be there today. You know the responsibility. You mm. signed up for this job for a reason, knowing what you were getting into. Now you have control over it. Yeah, you're not going to miss your brother's wedding. You know, you're <laughs> going to be able to still attend that because you know your coworker is going to help you out so that you can go to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a much more collegiate approach, isn't it? And and I suppose it's the antithesis of micromanagement that occurs in quite a lot of workplaces where employees start kind of tightening down on the employees in the thought that they're actually going to get more work out of them and things are going to be need to. In fact, it has the opposite effect quite often. Okay. So if employers, leaders, and managers are, are going to learn from this study, what in your opinion are the three most important takeaways for them? Well, I, I think that they need to consider prioritizing professional development as a way to keep employees satisfied. I think that, you know, if they have to prioritize, you know, everybody needs a break sometime in their shift, well, they also need to schedule in time for personal development, like whether somebody needs to work on continuing education or go to a class outside of work or meet with a mentor or that needs to be a priority and relationship building in the workplace is huge for that collaboration. You, you need to create that environment for belonging, recognizing that each employee is a whole person and like outside of work is just as important as it is at work. And, and I don't mean like necessarily bring their home life to work, but recognize that they are a whole person and that they have needs outside of work. And also maybe something of a structural change as it relates to collaboration. I mean, if your hierarchy is creating barriers of communication, then I mean, that is to create that environment where you're available and approachable and, you know, where you're recognizing that everyone is important. And then you have to role model that as a leader for everybody else to pick up on that. You have to be transparent. You have to be, you know, trustworthy. And I mean, it takes a lot of work to get to that point, but eventually once it's in place, there's lots of evidence that creates a very successful work environment. Yes. And I think it's this, you know, a human workplace for humans, as opposed to treating people like they're robots or something and that they can just keep kind of moving along and that they don't have feelings, they don't have emotions and, and also want to develop. And it, it's making the workplace more human that yeah. I think makes a considerable difference. Excellent. Kind of last question, if I may, and I, I know this wasn't exactly the focus of the study, but you do mention it a few times. What are the connections between your findings and issues to do with stress and burnout? Oh, there's a, there's a direct correlation between job dissatisfaction and burnout. And this study that the ASCP put out also highlighted some of the tools that this takes on people when they're constantly working short and trying to meet all of the demands. It has an emotional and, and physical manifestations in it. What's going to happen is people get tired, they're stressed, they have anxiety. 
but they don't get enough sleep at night because they're worried about it. And then that comes up in other problems. Their immune systems don't work as well. And then maybe they're turning to addictions to cope with the problems and which leads to more, you know, absences from work. And then it stresses the employees out. So there's this whole cycle that happens when burnout is there. And we're definitely seeing that right now in the United States and the healthcare and I'm much the same way throughout the world right now because of the pandemic, but there's just enormous pressure and to, because they can't save everybody and it's, that's scary and it's definitely taking a toll on people. They need to have time to recuperate and deal with that emotional stress. And one of the ways to do that, of course, is getting out of that environment and learning something new for an hour or something just to remember, you know, and take care of yourself at the same time. Yeah, try to reconnect with who you are. And as you say, this, if people aren't staying in the job and the job retention issues, and the term you use is working short, so there are fewer people, the stress starts to go up. And that's why job retention is so critical within lots of organizations. Otherwise, lose the skills that you need, but it's more than that, is yeah. the effect that it has, the knock-on effect that it has on other people. And then that knock-on effect that in healthcare that it has on the patients or in other industries, the, the knock-on effect that it has on the organizational outcomes starts to go downwards. Brilliant. Michelle, thank you so much for being generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you if they want to know more? Well, my email, it's at Demon College. Thank you for listening to the Oxford Review podcast. For free research briefings, audio and video research briefings, research infographics and a whole lot more, visit oxford-review.com. That's oxford-review.com. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It would mean a lot to us to have your feedback so that we can make this podcast even better for you. Mm-hmm.